Wednesday, episode 33, covering minute 32. Uh, how are you doing today? Good. Everything's going great. Everything's going well. Uh, heads up, we are recording this all at once. So <laughs> you're, you're listening to this on separate days, but we are talking about this a minute later. But uh, moving forward with uh, Knives Out chat. Uh, so minute uh, 33. Uh, uh, Marta's uh, story is at its very center, and Benoit is asking her for her story. Um, we start a flashback at the end of the party, where Marta is helping Harlan up to his bedroom, but instead he goes up to his uh, attic room thing that we've talked about. She's telling him to go to bed, he just wants to play go, um, and then mentions that if you're going to put that vile shit dot 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 to end the minute. So, uh, what do you think about this minute? Uh, it's an interesting minute. I, I think, um, you know, I'm certain uh, everyone in the other interview minutes talked about, you know, the the placement of the knives behind the characters. Mm-hmm. That's That's been like a big discussion that I've seen online happening. Uh, and I do enjoy the way that uh, Benoit Blanc says there's a piece of evidence at its very center. And, and he, he uses that to kind of describe the story uh, that Marta is going to tell. And we see behind her is the circle of knives and kind of visually she isn't centered in it, but they're all pointing at a spot. So it is kind of like we're, we're, we're through dialogue and through visual. It's like, we're getting to the center, you know? Yeah. I I was actually going to bring that up too with, with chatting about the cinematography. I mean, it is a pretty, um, uh, apt visual storytelling device, but then also, but the way that he specifically says, she is at his it's very center and it she's very much at the off center so it's very you you, you she's she's very close to the center which we will find out is pretty true but she's not completely at its center which spoiler alert uh, is 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 pretty accurate for this movie um so i think that's a uh, it's the type of thing that you might not necessarily notice in the first go round but watching it you go okay this is how the cinematography was done really, really intentionally. Now, I I do wonder, wh- why does he have this big circle of knives? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I, you know, if you're a rich person, rich people do weird stuff. Uh, you, you probably some sort of research. That, you know, that is a good answer. I wasn't expecting that one. <laughs> But uh, I I was trying to figure out if maybe it was some reference to one of his books. We we, it, we don't re- ever find out really any of the specific plots of his books. It very well could be, but it is a very interesting uh, physical piece to have in your house. I um, yeah, I think that is my best explanation. Is just like I don't know, rich people, <laughs> but also. Um, 
hey, if we can have a uh, visual metaphor for things going on, you know, might as well. Um, One of the things that I thought was pretty interesting, uh, interested hearing about uh, is that uh, apparently most of the, like most of those knives were uh, rentals when they were filming the movie. So nobody could actually keep that big knife piece because (laughs) half of the knives had to go back to... Uh, wherever they rented the props from. So I, uh, interesting tidbit. I have to imagine I, that's, I, I couldn't even guess at a number. Like that's got to be over a hundred. I know. I, I was, yeah, I was just trying to think how many knives are in that knife donut thing. Um, <laughs> I mean, donut is, is a, yeah. a, a appropriate mm-hmm. uh, knife. Display how many? <laughs> Let's just see if Google tells them tells me what that well, and is. Well, I, I do think it's interesting that um, they, you know, it's not even that they're like welded together. It is like a frame. No, it is very much yeah. It's a frame with separate knives, mm-hmm. knives that are just like hanging out there. Because I think um, I think uh, uh, the you know some people might think of it as like the. Um, uh, what did they call it? The Iron Throne in Game of Thrones? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but it's not, It's they're not connected in that way. It is like a a holding structure, and each of them is delicately placed into into it. That's got to be like a hazard to have in your home. <laughs> like, I don't care how rich you are, having like separate knives all held that way has to be like, I don't know, at least... Even if you don't care about your own safety, like, care about the safety of, like, people cleaning your house or whatever. <laughs> like, oh, I would not want to deal with that. But, I, yeah, I'm not finding out how many displays they have, but how many knives are in that display. But it's uh, quite a few knives. And uh, it's, yeah, it, it is a very... The more you think about it, the more you're like, this is really weird to have, but... Uh, <laughs> It's it's a very good visual, especially uh, for stuff like the trailer and then posters and things where you're like, ooh, look at all those knives. And it, and it <laughs> They're, all up, <laughs> They're all out. They're all out. Exactly. Those knives are absolutely out. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, one of the things that I think was really um, fun about having this moment to talk about is I feel like this is the moment that very specifically centered Marta as the protagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, like we see, see some extra other scenes with her as kind of the focal piece, uh, but there's like really there's one very specific shot that I noticed where there's kind of a there's a point of view shot from Marta's perspective, which I hadn't really noticed until this, but it, it kind of puts a, us in Marta's shoes and really cements her as okay, this is the main character, as opposed to being this giant, like, star-studded uh, ensemble. Yeah, I do remember uh, thinking that the first time I watched it. I, I wasn't sure who, you know, what, what the, how the story would follow. And, and yeah. kind of from the, the start of the movie, we're seeing Marta's kind of personal life. Yeah. Uh, and then once it gets to this moment, yeah, this is where it's like, this is her story. We're going to... Right you know, follow her through this, this, you know, mystery. Yeah. Like the, the rest of the cast is, is important as this big ensemble cast. Um, but this is Marta's story. So I think that, that this is 
which is which is kind of uh, interesting for being, uh, um, you know, thirty two minutes into the movie, where you're like, yes, this is the actual protagonist here, um, but I, th- I think it really kind of cements that. Um, one of the things I think uh, is really vital, and we'll, we'll probably talk about for the rest of this uh, uh, this week, uh, I th- is. I think that these minutes, next couple minutes, are really, really vital for the sto- for having Marta as the protagonist, um, because we really need to buy um, Marta and Harlan's relationship as being as close as it is, um, where it feels super genuine, and she's, uh, you know, kind of calling her, calling him out and telling him, no, we can't do this, and. Uh, kind of willing to be playful with him. And I think that's well, like and, and really him, him being yeah. playful with her. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Where he, he clearly feels like very comfortable with her. Uh, and I think that if this relationship didn't work, it would be, you, you might not necessarily care as much about any of this, especially since you already know from the get go, Harlan's dead, but I feel like these minutes make you really kind of care. Oh, I'm bummed out that Harlan is dead because they they have a fun, fun vibes together. Uh, yeah, they they play um, go. Yeah. Which is is a I I don't remember the rules offhand. I feel like I've played it like once. <laughs> it's go is an interesting game that I have exactly zero ideas how to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, what a, a movie that I really um, enjoyed was uh, where, where what was this movie called? Um, uh, I, I'll I'll figure it out. But basically, it was a documentary about Go. Um, oh, yeah, and it it is uh, there we go. It's AlphaGo, and it's about the computer program that they that was being designed to um, play the game board game Go. Uh, and it's very, it's very specifically about how they're trying to train it up to, uh, be able to, uh, beat professional players. And it's a really interesting documentary. Um, I thought it was surprisingly emotional. Um, but the thing that was really surprising was the way that it took so many more years to be able to, um, come up with a computer that can play Go than it was to come up with a computer that could play chess, for example. Hmm. So Go, it really kind of cements Go as being this really, uh, it's it's a vis- a sim- uh, game that looks very visually simple, but it is very very intensive and full of strategy. Um, and it, it, I think the more that you think about it, you're more like, okay, yeah, they're playing this very specific game as opposed to being like. Um, chess, which I feel like is kind of a smart person shorthand. Well, yeah, it's, and I also feel like that's been used in several, you know, yeah. like of these murder mystery kind of things where they they go, oh yes, of course he he has an ongoing game of chess with whoever. Like it's right. It's kind of like okay, yeah, we get it. Like they're you know they're smart. They play the smart game. That's chess. Everyone knows chess. <laughs> So that's what they're playing. But it's having it be go is so specific in a very interesting way. Um, and and I think that'll play out uh, into the next you know minute or two. I, I, I think mm-hmm. the way the, the board is and the and the pieces, I don't know, it's interesting. It 
is. It, it is an interesting game. And it's also a game that I feel like a lot of people don't particularly think, ha- like, have that kind of baggage with, like, like they do with chess. Because I feel like a lot of people, when you hear chess, you know, okay, either you love the game or you don't care about it, but you kind of view it as, like, this is the stereotypical smart game. <laughs> so uh, here it, like, adds, like, kind of a some visual interest and, uh, but also, uh, if, if you know, if you know Go, you're like, oh yeah, this, they are playing a, a smart game, I guess, uh, which, which, which was very, um, I, I, I think yeah. even, you know, you could even call it like deceptively simple, like it, right. Yeah. Especially if you just look at it where you just see these black and white pieces, um, it, it is, it does look deceptively, uh simple but there is a lot of strategy involved which i mean kind of feels very also very apt for kind of a murder mystery story where Mm. it kind of seems simple on the surface but then it uh you gradually see a lot more complexity um so i i think that i think that's very that was a fun choice um the other thing that we see in this uh, uh, minute quite a bit of is the uh, set dressing of this attic room, which I think is pretty fantastic. Uh, it, it's it's it seems like a very uh, like like I feel like the entire set dressing of the entire movie is exquisite, but at the same time, this attic room is just feels so kind of personal and cozy in a way that you don't necessarily expect this giant mansion house to feel like. And so it really does feel like this kind of inner sanctum for Harlan. Uh, yeah, so I'm a, I, I'm a fan of that room in, whenever, whenever it pops up in this movie. Uh, all right, well, do you have anything else that you uh, thought of about this, mo- this minute? Oh, you know, I, I thought it was interesting, the, um, the coin flip. Yeah. Oh, yes. I I can't believe I didn't even bring that up. <laughs> I and and I don't even think. I mean, he's just. We're just seeing it go into the air, and it's yeah. very stylistically shown. Uh, and then it, you know, it, I I think it's more or less to denote passing of time, right? Like the because mm-hmm. it's it's actually several minutes in the future of this movie that we see him actually, you know, catch it. So I th- I. I I think isn't it supposed to kind of denote like what we're seeing is not what she's telling, right? Yeah. No, th- I think that makes sense. And just I-, I don't even know if I really ever thought of like what that. It's it's one of those things where I thought it could be a million different things, but I think that's that's a- that's absolutely pretty apt. Is that it? It's it's different. What she's saying is different from what is happening, and and also. Um, just the speed with with that which everything is kind of flashing for her mm-hmm. um it it does kind of imply like a speed of her thoughts or a speed of her uh just kind of flashback there even if it's several minutes of time for us mm-hmm. watching the movie that but that that is definitely a very uh interesting shot that they that uh, was thrown in there. 
this this has been one of the fun ones to talk about, I feel like, so I'm excited for where we're going here. Uh, without giving spoilers, let's talk about sequel ideas and titles. So, do you have any ideas about what we would talk, what uh, Knives Out 2 uh, would, would be about? You know, I actually really don't, and I think that's the, the thing that I, I'm just more excited that whatever Ryan Johnson wants to do, yeah, that's what I want to see. Because oh, I, yeah. I feel like if you know, if Daniel Craig signs on, is fully signed on, and will do entirely a second film where he plays the same character. Oh my gosh! I yeah, I don't care if he does it with the same accent, a different accent. I don't care if uh, if he does it with uh, all Muppets. If he does, it with, <laughs> oh oh man, I would. Yeah. Oh, the ooh. the one thing that I would I would say is I would hope that if if for some reason they have to include any of the characters that we've met before it's only in like the first scene and then they go on because i don't i don't want i don't want it to become like marta is his watson you know i don't want that yeah i think that there could be maybe some sort of check-ins like i've seen people speculate that she could be kind of now uh she could be kind of financially bankrolling him that's like i guess a little spoilery but uh I think that could be an interesting thing, but yeah, I I I want it to be whatever Ryan Johnson wants to make of it, I guess, mm-hmm. because I'm sure that he has better ideas than I do. But like you said, uh, any I'll, I will watch Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc in literally anything. I, I don't know if you saw, um, was it Logan Lucky? Yes. Yeah, yes, Dan- yes. Daniel Craig's <laughs> accent in that. And then, I mean, he could just do oh. any accent. It just doesn't. Oh my gosh! It doesn't I, I, there, he, the thing that I feel like with both um, Knives Out and Logan Lucky is you really get the sense that he's just having a good time, being kind of hamming up the accent a little bit and being kind of playful. And that is, and and he is a fun actor to watch do that. So, I'm a, uh, I am all for that, um, and I'm honestly uh, up for pretty much anything that allows uh daniel craig to just do whatever he wants like that um yeah so i no, i i totally agree um i i wonder you know to keep it fresh though if if there would be you know i i i i think some some other you know murder mysteries take this when they do a sequel or when they do a continuation they have it be that the the investigator is accused of the murder. Mm. And so mm. if if Benoit Blanc was suddenly, you know, at the center of, oh, you know, this whoever died and we believe you did it and he doesn't have a strong alibi or something or he was out with that person all night, you know, the, the, those kinds of things. I, I, I think I would even enjoy that. I, <laughs> he doesn't even have to roll up into a random mystery. It could be something happening to him. Yeah, no, I think I think honestly, he is such a um, compelling character that you could do anything. It could be even the most um, kind of uh, stereotypical setup, and I could I would trust that they would do something to kind of flip it on its head too. So I I'm very much uh, excited to see wherever wherever that goes, and uh, I'm sure. Uh, Lionsgate is excited too because of how profitable Knives Out was. So I um, yeah, yeah, I really do hope that it happens. I 
you know, I I think being you know being a sequel makes it a little more. Uh, it's got a built-in audience, so right. hopefully they'd be willing to to make that happen. And I hope that Ryan Johnson wouldn't have to leave it for any reason. I know no. that's um, that's killed some things for me. The mm. uh, I don't know if you uh, the the Adventures of Tintin that uh, mm. Spielberg mm-hmm. did. Well, it's like it, there was supposed to be a, a sequel with the uh, was it Peter Jackson at the helm, and I was like, I that sounds great to me. I love I love Tintin. I love that movie, but it just isn't happening. So it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was uh, for me with um, Pacific Rim, mm. and mm-hmm. I still haven't seen the sequel because I'm like I'm a big Del Toro fan, and uh, I've heard nothing but bad things about the <laughs> sequel. So. Yeah. It's like, it's 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 tough when you have something like that, uh, especially if you have somebody who's so dedicated to specific either like storytelling or aesthetic or anything, and having somebody try to kind of ape that style, it's it's tough. But um, I'm kind of just I, I'm excited about the sequel, but I am hoping that a movie like this being so financially successful. I mean, it it's, it's certainly helped by the the cast being so what it was, but it, it it makes me hopeful that we can have more kind of standalone interesting movies like Knives Out. I, I maybe that's just me being a little bit optimistic about the situation of uh Hollywood, but I it, that would be that would sure be nice. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up, uh, unless you have anything else to say. Um, thank you for joining me th- th- for this episode. Uh, what would you like to plug this this time? Well, uh, since we're talking about originality in Hollywood, uh, I do have a podcast called Nothing New, a remake podcast. <laughs> uh, where every month... Oh, man. Yeah. I, I had no idea. So that is a perfect segue. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, we go through and every episode we take a film and it's remake or two films based on the same property. We, we try and we try and have a very narrow definition of what we cover uh, and uh, people should check it out. I, I think it's very fascinating. I've always been fascinated by remakes, good and bad and ill-advised. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, sometimes it works. Sometimes it really doesn't it's mm-hmm. i think it's it's an interesting thing to talk about um and just uh scrolling through your episodes they look really interesting so uh <laughs> everybody go check that out uh, uh yeah it's uh, uh on every podcast app nothing new a remake podcast or uh, benviewnetwork.com and you sounds, can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Podcaster Andrew. Sounds good. And you can find this podcast on Twitter at Knives Out Minute um, and also on any podcast platform you like. Uh, feel free to leave us a review. Uh, uh, talk us up to your friends um, so more people can listen about uh, Knives Out. Well, thank you so much for joining me today.